Hi, I'm Anna Thomas, host of the Apple for the Teacher podcast. Let me tell you what it's about. So you might be thinking it's about reading, writing and arithmetic, right? Well, think again. It's a fresh take on true crime, where you wouldn't expect to find true crime. In schools, yes, schools. I will share with you the tragic and shocking stories I have uncovered in my own profession. You will hear stories about murder, abduction, school bus hijack, student disappearance, kidnap and ransom, school camp tragedy, the list goes on. But it's not all doom and gloom. As well as the bad apples, you will hear good apple stories as well, such as the teacher who uncovered sexual abuse in her school by the principal and the schoolboy who saved his classmates after their school bus was hijacked. So if you're looking for something a little different in the true crime genre, then Apple for the Teacher is for you. So I hope you can join me soon, but until then, remember to be a good apple. Skadoodle. Skadoodle. Ska. Doodle. Doodle. It's all the rage with the youths, I'm sure. Gen whatever is next. Uh, what comes after Gen Z? Bless you. That wasn't a Gen bless. Gen Um, Gen asterisks? Is that yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll take it. Because, well, no, wouldn't it technically be because I'm looking right here at Did the start keyboard over? and we've got Gen X, Gen Z... Gen shift. Okay. Okay. Um, does anybody know? If you are part of this generation, for example, my friend who was just, she's the newly appointed godmother of her nephew, cousin, cousin few. He is whatever this generation is, generation shift, whatever it might be. Do they, does it know. just start over or does it go double letters? Like in a, oh, like, it's in like a the fucking Super Bowl Broadway theater. Oh, that too? Yeah, how like the first like 10 rows yeah. like A, A, B, B. Yeah. So, Maybe that's so, Maybe that's so what, what happens when we get to Gen Triple X? <laughs> <laughs> Silly Caitlin, we'll all die before then. It's the OnlyFans generation. <laughs> We're only getting to like three more generations before the earth fucking implodes. I'm mad about that because like, honestly, take me now. Four yeah, days right? left to 2020. <laughs> Why do I have to wait? I'm 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 ready to go. I'm I've I've made my peace. We haven't had a good extinction in a while. True. And I mean, even if they just kind of rapture half of the population, God willing, I am in that Thanos snapped half. Imagine how good that would be for the podcast. To get raptured? Yeah. Oh, my co-host got raptured ratings through the roof. Yeah, I wouldn't get raptured. I'd be left here. Yeah. And it'd be like the purge and Mad Max. Wait, is it the bad people that get raptured or is it the good people that get raptured? I thought the good people get raptured and then they're like, oh, you guys get to go to heaven and then like all well, hell no, breaks Well, no, then I'm loose. fucking stuck here either way. No, you'd go to heaven. You went to Catholic Yeah, school. I'm going to end up being Danny McBride's gimp. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't want that. Oh, I forgot about I that I want to dance with the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> That's a pretty good movie. And you know that they're going up there. After Backstreet what Boys? they've had to deal with. Yes. Aaron Carter, 
maybe, but Nick Carter's definitely heading up. Aaron Carter is problematic, isn't he? It, like, it, mm, he is, but it's also, I feel bad for him, but it's also, he said some stuff. He's done Let's some stuff. Let's lose the uh, true crime angle and just talk about uh, pop culture stuff, because <laughs> I know nothing about pop culture. I'm like, didn't this happen? Isn't this a thing? And then I have to be like, no, you grandmother. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the kids are doing. They're they're not eating Tide Pods, I'll tell you that much. Not anymore? Not anymore. Oh, no. They've moved on to Cascade. I don't know what just, Whoa. did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> the rapture, it's begun. It has, Jesus Christ. Anyway. Oh God, I don't know what that was. Uh, I don't know what happened. We haven't introduced the podcast in a while, but this is Crime Culture. It is? Yeah, it is. And that one ah. that one's Caitlin. I gotta go then. Yeah. I didn't sign up for this. Eh, whatever. <laughs> Unsubscribe. Two stars. They talk too much. Two and three stars are just infuriating. I'm not talking about it, but <laughs> if if somebody I really don't like ever creates a podcast, I think that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do like two stars. It's one or five no comments. Like it's it's one or five. You either love it or you hate it. There's no in between. But if you do two stars, then you super hate it. I We're going to get so many two star reviews. No. <laughs> anyway. Uh this is a weird topic this week. This is a weird time. You don't even know what topic is cuz you dressed for a topic that's next week. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. If anybody wants to guess what next week's topic is. Yeah, right. <laughs> Oh, and shout out, shout out. We, I, I believe only one person has guessed but, what uh, like was supposed to be last week that I wasn't. Yeah, no, it was actually very funny because it was within seconds. Um, but Emma, um, she guessed correctly and also gifted us with photos of her hamster royalty. Um, but yeah. She she got it. She done got it. And I mean, I'm not saying anything, but I mean, she says that she's our number one fan. So if y'all think you can Whoa. like one up that. All right. All right. I don't know. Pretty tough to beat. Sounds Especially like it, since though. there's like two of you. But there's there's at least <laughs> two people at all times. One is Elliot. No. <laughs> and he's just not. making sure it was done right. <laughs> Um, so this week you'll have seen the title, possibly, unless you just are chaotic evil and just press play on a random episode. Me. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about, uh, hybristophilia. Do you know what that is? Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a do an SAT sound it out. Sophilia is like a, an affliction, uh -huh. like hemophilia also starts with an h uh-huh um may i may i have the spelling of the word please since this isn't a spelling b i feel like i can do this H this is a definition b y b r i s t o philia hybristophilia yeah all right um well a bris is a traditional jewish ceremony i don't think that that has um, anything to do with the spelling of this word i don't know I don't know. So I'm going to have to go with it's like the uh, the affliction of 
Oh, fuck. Um, well, this will help. No, it's also wait, referred I got it, to I got it. as Bonnie and okay. Clyde syndrome. I don't got it. Okay. I don't got it. That's the opposite of what I was going to say. Let me, um, let me give you the it's definition. When you, it's when you think you're living supermarket sweep. Why would we be talking about that on this podcast? Why wouldn't we be talking about it? Uh, so it is referred to as Bonnie and Clyde syndrome. And uh, it's described as a paraphilia and a paraphilia you have to give that definition first. It's a pattern of reoccurring sexually arousing mental imagery or behavior that involves unusual and especially socially unacceptable sexual practices. So like pedophilia is a type of paraphilia. It's like yeah. it's, it's sexuality sweep. that's on the fringes. Yeah. Supermarket sweep or anybody who's sexually attracted to Guy Fieri. Whoa. You're talking Except about a Mrs. close Guy personal Fieri. friend of ours. Except, oh, yes. <laughs> Um, but hyperstophilia is sexual arousal, uh, facilitation, and attainment of orgasm uh, responsive to and contingent upon being with a partner known to have committed an outrage, cheating, lying, known infidelities, or crimes such as rape or murder. Basically, it's when a person gets sexually aroused over somebody else committing an offensive, violent act. So basically... Oh, so it's violent. Yes. Basically, like an attraction. What we're going to be talking about, attraction to serial killers. So, so like those people who, and I'm not critiquing, but it just, it comes, it, it's a thought. The people who, for example, will have somebody have sex with their partner and watch and get off on the, like, not necessarily like watching them fuck someone else so much as. That's like a cuckold The situation. idea that they are. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's the word. Yeah. So a cuck, is that, does that count? No, this is. Uh, if you're attracted to like a violence, bank robber, yeah, like like okay. actual violence, okay, not so being, not not, not being like, into like bondage or anything like that. Well, no, but I don't even mean because like bondage isn't like a moral issue unless you're making Fifty Shades of Grey, which that that was a moral issue threefold. But I I just mean like so it's a like an actual like it's a like it's a very bad sin as opposed to like thou shalt not lie. Pretty much it like the definition says um, uh, that your partner has committed an outrage, which I don't know what is encompassed in something an outrage, yeah, lying, cheating, infidelities, and uh, crimes such as rape or murder. So the only research that I was able to really find and what people kind of like are drawn to about this topic is being sexually attracted to like serial killers or murderers people in prison yeah pretty much things like that okay okay so it's less about the venial sins and more about the mortal sins yeah so um it says that in the broadest sense hybristophilia includes the attraction towards partners who display the dark triad personality traits and the dark triad personality traits are narcissism psychopathy and machiavellianism uh, which is oh. described as manipulativeness, callousness, and indifference to morality. So yeah. just like you're a narcissist, psychopath, douchebag, pretty much. Yeah. Which is a lot I mean, of uh, a lot of serial killers that we've covered. Oh, that too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, later on in in my research, it said that um, it's only hybristophilia 
if the non-criminal party is actually aroused by the idea of the criminal committing a murder or something similar. So thinking that Zac Efron is hot while playing Ted Bundy is fine, unless the reason you think he's hot in the role is the fact that he is murdering people. Mm-hmm. So You hear that, 13-year-olds that were on our comments for a hot minute. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of that coming up, especially because like when we talk about... <laughs> Like the mass shooters of of recent uh, mm-hmm. seem to have a lot of, uh, for lack of a better word, groupies. Yeah, that is yeah troubling. Um, the amount of children that think Ted Bundy was hot, yeah, or I mean, Richard Ramirez. Well, I'll get to it. Um, but first, Catherine Rumsland, uh, who is a professor of forensic psychology at DeSales University, says, "quote." The difference between somebody who's just watching every one of these shows that come out and somebody who's completely addicted to it is an obsession. Can you just get up and go and do something else or miss one? Then you're probably not obsessed with it. But if you form your entire life around seeing these shows and binging them and watching them over and over and identifying with the people in them, now you're in an obsessive mode. But again, that's not necessarily sexual. When it rises to a point where it's sexually arousing, especially if it's the only thing in your life that is sexually arousing, now you have a paraphilia. A paraphilia is really about not just, this is one of the many things a person does sexually. This is their primary arousal stimulus. So I'm just trying to clarify, like, you can't say that, like, that's like saying, like, um, that you like to keep, like, an organized journal and saying you have OCD. Right. So watch like being very interested in true crime and like watching all of these documentaries does not mean you have hyperstophilia. It just means you're interested in this topic. You could be interested in it for many different reasons. But if the main reason why you're interested in it is because you're using it as a form of basically pornography, then that is when you should be a little concerned of, uh, of where your priorities lie. Just a little bit. Yeah. Just trying to clarify. Um, so according to the Owlcation website, there are two, di- two types of hybristophiles. There's passive hybristophilia and aggressive hybristophilia. Now, mm. passive hybristophilia compromises individuals who have no desire to participate in criminal activities themselves, but are sexually attracted to criminals. So this would be like the prison groupies of R- Richard Ramirez, serial killer groupies, stuff like that. Although there is no empirical proof... The allocation website claims that, quote, these women are usually delusional and will try to find excuses for what the criminal did. They will develop relationships with the criminal and feel that they are special, that even though their lover may have killed numerous people, he would never do her harm. They usually feel that they can, quote unquote, change their lover and have rescue fantasies. Passive hybristophiliacs tend to to put themselves in positions to be seduced, manipulated, and lied to by the people they fall for, end quote. So that was just like uh, a very broad uh, encompassing of what a passive hybristophile would be like. Uh, I'll mention a couple specific examples a little later on. But when we talk about aggressive hybristophilia, that compromises individuals who actively help typically male criminals to commit these crimes. And these people who are usually female will, according to the allocation website, quote, 
help their lovers with criminal agenda by luring victims, hiding bodies, covering crimes, or even committing crimes themselves. They are attracted to their lovers because of their violent actions and want to receive love, yet are unable to understand that their lovers are psychopaths who are manipulating them. Both passive and aggressive hybristophiliacs tend to end up in abusive or unhealthy relationships. End quote. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's weird is that no one knows what the cause of hybristophilia is. Um, there's a little bit of speculation. I mean, not a ton of research has been done on it. I got most of my information from like four or five main articles. One of them was a Cosmo article. So that's the kind of research we're talking about. Yep. But Ramsland mentions that some of the women in particular who have married or dated male serial killers have offered the following reasons. Some of the reasons would be uh, they believe that they can change a man as cruel and powerful as a serial killer, which I would classify under the savior complex. Yes. And others uh, see that they see the little boy that the killer once was and they want to nurture him. And that would be the mommy complex. And there are some that um, basically just try to get into the relationship because of the media spotlight or they think they'll get a book deal or something like that. That's the star seeker. And then there's the ones that think that this person is the perfect boyfriend. She Mm. knows where he's going to be at all times. She knows what he's that he's thinking about her. And while she can claim that someone loves her, she does not have to endure the day-to-day issues that are involved in most relationships. There's no laundry to do. You don't have to cook for him. There's no accountability towards him because he's There's no begging him to catch Bean because he's going to fall off the cat tree at any moment. That's what I just did before. I know. I watched. It was great. (laughs) Um, But basically, she can keep up this fantasy of this perfect relationship because she can go about her own life and still kind of be in a relationship and i mean other than the psycho thing like being into psychos sounds like a good deal yeah but i think this <laughs> this excuse could be the result of uh trauma and past relationships because oh, this yeah. seems like now you want the upper hand in a relationship this is a very powerful and manipulative person but you have all of the power because you get to write to them. You get to call them. You don't have to mm-hmm. answer to them because they're not asking you, like, who are you talking to? Who are you, who are you with? Because they're behind bars. They literally right. can't do anything to you. But you can say you're in this perfect relationship. Mm-hmm. So there's that. But others have offered reasons along the lines of um, something like, Mental health experts have compared the infatuation with killers to extreme forms of fantasism, and they view these women as insecure females who cannot find love in normal ways, or as love-avoidant females who seek romantic relationships that cannot be consummated. There's the desire for the quote-unquote bad boy that is felt by mostly young, immature women. You can Mm -hmm. see in lots of high school girls, Mm -hmm. and there's always the bad boy in the boy band. There's so, always the bad boy in the boy band. There is. As we were talking about with the Backstreet Boys earlier, AJ McLean. Yeah. Yes. Oh, are you kidding me? He had tattoos. Forget the fact <sighs> that Kevin was a 30-something father catering to tweens. He should have been the bad boy of the group, but here we are. No, he's the family man. 
Yeah, but you're you're a tween. You're not you are the family that the family man is catering to. Yeah, I guess. You're in you're in the wrong demographic. <laughs> Whatever. Curse uh, that baby face. <laughs> I think the last uh and one of the most uh interesting um reasons for hyperstophilia would be an evolutionary um, psychologist saying that the male's aggression is an attractive quality to women as a means of survival against attackers so a woman wants a man that is going to protect her and protect the family and do whatever he can and someone that's going to provide and all of this stuff and um a dude that's going to go out and kill is probably going to be able to protect you. In theory. In caveman terms. Unfortunately, I think I missed that chip. Yeah, but, I don't think Michael's going to kill anybody. I mean, he can really kill a baseline, though, can't he? He can. Just, just... Seinfeld. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I know nothing about music. Let's be real. <laughs> Basically. Hey. <laughs> um, another thing is we don't really know how common hybristophilia really is, but it's safe to assume that it isn't that common. Louis B. Schlesinger, PhD, a professor of forensic psychology at John Jay College, said, quote, there is no empirical research. There are case reports of these individuals, there's discussion of them, but really no empirical research from a scientific perspective, end quote. Um, but it's pretty certainly more common in women than men. Uh, he, said, he goes on to say, quote, the population of female inmates is so much smaller than the population of male inmates, and women are not committing sexual murders, these, and these extraordinary sorts of things, end quote. So, I mean, obviously, that's not like... Uh, that's not a hard and fast rule. We have no. many stories of women who have committed uh, sexual murders, but overwhelmingly it's men. Yes. Well, and even for this being, I, like, another bone I have to pick with this is just the fact that he says there are few cases because I would like to direct Louis B. Schlesinger to our comments on any given male serial killer post on our Instagram and let him deduce whether or not this is an uncommon theory. Well, it's also, it's, it's like I said with the, like saying you have OCD thing. It's like, you could be like, oh my God, he's so hot, he's so hot. But like, not really, like, I don't think a lot of these younger girls who are fangirling over like Ted Bundy and Richard Ramirez and everybody really understand what is going on i think it's it's a lot of hype it's a lot of being in the pop culture like we talked about um with ross lynch playing jeffrey dahmer mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh zach efron Zac playing efron. ted bundy they're casting these teen heartthrobs as mm -hmm. serial killers so obviously there's going to be wires crossed in these uh, young brains thinking like oh he played what the fuck's his name in high school musical Troy Bolton. Yeah. Thank you very much. Was, T as in Troy. I was a little too old for the the uh, high school musical train when it came out. It was the start of something new. God damn it. Not How could you possibly? Oh. 
but I'm ashamed of you. Yeah, I think especially like I th- I think this research um, that he did was uh, a couple years back, and the true crime boom has happened in full yep. in the past couple of years. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot more talk about this topic. Yeah, because that whole phenomenon, I feel like, is only getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's just... Well, it's just getting talked about more and more now. Yeah. Which is interesting that it's really, like, coming up to the surface. But now we're going to get into some examples of hybristophilia. So... Many of the women who have been romantically involved with serial killers have a history of sexual or physical abuse in the past and seek a partner that is abusive because they see themselves or have been told in the past that they are deserving of abuse. And again, this is a a Mm -hmm. very broad uh, description. So this not, like I said, not a hard and fast rule. Not every single person who has hybristophilia has been in an abusive relationship. It's just an overwhelming majority of the people that have been researched have. Right. The cases will always differ. I mean, you you only get a certain number of people in your sample size. Especially for something like this. Yes. Yes. Because I'm sure there are a a bunch more people on the underground that do not want to admit that this is um, like a paraphilia that they have. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But generally... These people will have a low self-esteem and the control of a partner that can't go anywhere, do anything, or cheat on you uh, with anybody else is very appealing. They may not believe or even realize that oftentimes they are being manipulated by these men. And again, I say men because overwhelmingly the research has been on women who are herbristophiles. Mm-hmm. And Laura Elizabeth Woolett, author of The Love of, B- of a Bad Man, says, quote, If there's one thing that was common to all these women, it's probably insecurity and a willingness to have their sense of self-determined, sense of self-determined by the men they were involved with, end quote. She then goes on to say, quote, in general, young adults especially have a lot of insecurities and are less solid in their sense of self. The women who don't fall into this category often met their partners when they were young or else had involvements with abusive men prior to meeting the titular bad man, end quote. Right, right. Yeah. And again, not a catch-all, but yeah. it's, it's, it is a pattern for those who happen to experience both of those, um, not to sound blonde, but those experiences yeah i hate myself but uh i I, like i'm just over qualifying because i don't want people to come in and be like i was in abusive relationships i'm fine blah 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 of course absolutely there are people that come out the other side absolutely totally fine but exactly like we talk about serial killers if you have like if you wet the bed to an older age, if you frequently set fires, if you killed small animals, these are things that are just like running themes with people that do serial killings. Horrible things, yes. Yeah, so these, again, these are just like running themes of people who have hybristophilia. But um, one of the examples, one of a, a really good example is Veronica Compton. And she wrote a letter to Kenneth Bianchi, who is one of the Hillside Stranglers, 
Um, she wrote him a letter in prison proposing to interview him about his crimes while she was doing research for her script about a female serial killer. Instead, within a few months of the conversation, she developed a plan with him to murder a random woman to make it look like Bianchi was innocent. She said that she did it because she had fallen in love with Bianchi, although later she said that he had manipulated her while she was vulnerable um, because she was dealing with drug usage and damage from sexual abuse as a child. Compton attempted to strangle a woman in Washington in 1980. The woman lived and Compton went to prison for 20 years. So this is a textbook example of an aggressive hybristophiliac. Right. She fell in love with this guy and was willing to do a crime to make it look like, oh, like the Hillside Strangler is still out there because these crimes are happening exactly as it was. So he's innocent. Dumb. I just, uh, I know they say love makes you do crazy things, but sometimes not that crazy. Sometimes you don't sometimes, need to murder. Sometimes maybe get checked. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> check yourself before you literally wreck yourself. Or others. Or others. Or others. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other one of the Hillside Stranglers, Angelo Buono Jr., was linked to Christine Kizuak. Kizuak? Spell. K-I-Z-U-A-K-A. K-I-Z-U-K-A. Kizuka? I'm going with that. Christine Kizuka. Uh, Bono caught her eye when she was visiting her own husband in jail who lived in the cell next to him. Oh, so she has a type. So she eventually married Bono in 1986 at Folsom Prison. So that's, yeah, that's one of the ones she has. uh, It's a running theme with her. Uh, These are not the running themes I enjoy. No. Um, so obviously when Ted Bundy was on murder for trial, there were countless groups of women that showed up outside the courthouse with the hope of catching a glimpse of him. We talked about it in our, we had a two part Ted Bundy episode. So that was like a main theme of Ted Bundy. Yes. Um, Yes. And it continues to be, uh, some women who came to Bundy's trial purposely changed their appearance to look more like his victims with brown hair parted down the middle. Yep. Yep. Terrifying. Bundy even famously married one of his admirers, a former colleague named Carol Ann Boone. She Mm -hmm. even had his daughter, but she divorced him a few years before he was executed. So that's the spark noted version of Ted Bundy caught. Again, we have a two part episode. So go and listen to that. Um, Yep. Then we have Richard Ramirez and Mm. he faced the same mobs of desperate women uh, looking for his affection. He married one of his groupies, Doreen, Doreen Leoy, who had been writing to him after seeing his picture in the paper. They married in the prison waiting room in 1996, but eventually separated before his death in 2013. Too recent. Too long. Um, as crazy as it may seem, Charles Manson had, uh, he was quite popular when he was behind bars. Um, but he was not the first member of the family to take the altar. Tex Watson married Christine Joanne, sorry, Christine Joan Svege, S-V-E-G-E. 
S V E G E. Yeah. I'm totally saying it wrong. Svege. No, Svege? I feel like that's right because like Sven. Like yeah. that that little fucking reindeer in Frozen. Got it. He married her in nineteen seventy nine after converting to Christianity and becoming a minister. Uh they had Yeah, he did that. <laughs> they even had four children before yeah. California ended conjugal visits for lifers in nineteen ninety six and they divorced in two thousand three. Also too recent, the yeah. California ending conjugal visits in For people like, who are in for life. Yes. N- not even 25 years ago? Yeah. You know. Um, in spite of the fact that Jeffrey Dahmer was a gay man, he received a slew of letters and gifts from women who wanted to be with him. Um, um, I can understand that because some people have a type okay not saying i had that type in high school i was very unlucky didn't know it could not gaydar to save my life but yeah it happens shit happens in this case it seems that many of these women uh who had like a Dahmer obsession uh were of the camp that they wanted to take care of him and they think that nurturing a relationship would have changed everything for him and I'm not going to say I am in that camp because obviously like nothing was going to change him. But right. after researching his story, he's one of the ones that I'm like, oh, if things had turned out like a little bit different from him, like I think Ted Bundy was always going to do what he was going to do. But I think like if a couple of key things happened in Jeffrey Dahmer's like childhood and like young adolescence, then he maybe wouldn't have done these things. Yeah. Or if he was born in a different time. Right. But yeah, that was a, a rough one. Um, there was a German waitress, uh, Dagmar Polzin, who fell in love with a picture of a death row inmate, Bobby Lee Harris. Within mm. a year, Polzin uh, was writing to Harris and the two were engaged. Harris was resentenced to life in prison in 2003. Polzin came to the United States to be with her fiance's family weird again 2003 too recent yeah i'm i'm not loving how recent this all is no it's not great (laughs) it's like the whole thing isn't great i could do without all of it but yeah yeah it's weird yeah um a woman serving a life sentence for the murder and dismemberment of a 19 year old man uh, Teresa Dion Smith Harris began dating Timothy Bernard McDonald from behind bars. Apparently, he'd watched her testify in the case and became smitten. McDonald mm. and others remain convinced that Harris is innocent. Um, contact between McDonald and Harris is limited to letters and the occasional face to face visits under strict supervision. In addition, uh, this is in Tennessee, and um, they do not permit conjugal visits limiting physical contact to hand holding and what mcdonald describes as an airport hug at the beginning and end of authorized visits but apparently that doesn't phase mcdonald and he says quote there's an emotional and spiritual bond that goes beyond a physical touch both of us by getting married will never be lonely again end quote um in 2016 he wrote a book about her case yeah it's yes. happening, man. It's all over the place. Yes. Oh, wow. As much research as I did, I could not find, like, I, like, searched his name and everything, could not find the title of the book. 
if you can yeah let me know i'll put it on the website but i could not find it anywhere um yeah but there are some other books you can read there's serial killer groupies and hybristophilia why some women love serial killers and are sexually aroused by hardened criminals that's the entire title by rj mm-hmm. parker phd it has a 3.7 out of 5 on amazon so you could check that out um i referenced before the love of a bad man by laura elizabeth woolett it has a 4 out of 5 on amazon and a 3.8 out of 5 on goodreads and uh women who love men who kill by sheila eisenberg and it has a 4.5 uh, sorry four out of five on amazon okay she's supposedly working on another book called wanted why crime turns women on couldn't find any information on when it's coming out um but that was listed in one of uh, my reference articles that she was working on this book and in tv uh it's been referenced in like obviously law and order svu it's referenced a couple of times um Mm -hmm. but specifically on criminal minds the episode the angel maker chloe kelcher um fell in love with serial killer Cortland bryce ryan during his trial which eventually led to her trying to impregnate herself with his child using a sample of semen obtained by an accomplice when this failed, she spiraled downward even farther, stealing his corpse and launching a strict string of copycat killings. The fact that that is spiraling further. Yeah, I think that would be like, like bottom for me. Uh, yep. I'm sorry. I just, okay. All right. It, well, isn't that like also rumored to be what Carol Ann Boone did? Yeah. Yeah, like, pretty much. Uh-huh. like whether whether they like sneaky sneaky like paid off a guard and they had like a conjugal visit or he like passed her like a balloon of his yeah jizz. yeah whatever it was like yeah. i mean whatever I mean, it is it happened no thank you it, yeah i mean we can't deny it but yeah don't like it don't want to think about it <laughs> um Another Criminal Minds episode, A Thousand Words. Juliet Monroe developed hybristophilia after being repeatedly raped by her own father, serial rapist Morris Monroe. As a result, she fell in love with another serial rapist, Robert Burke, and started assisting him with his murders. So if you want some uh, fictionalized accounts of hybristophilia, go and watch those two episodes. Um, Also, it's very small, but there's an SNL skit called first got horny to you where um elizabeth banks was the host and i forgot about this yeah in it vanessa bear like jokingly confesses that her first crush was the menendez brothers so that would be like a jokey form of her bristophilia and here you thought that having that crush on robin hood from the disney movie was gross yeah or like simba Mm -hmm. everyone had a crush on simba I, I'm gonna have to disagree on that one. <laughs> well, then you're lying. That's funny that you would lie to me. I mean, it, I think it's just wrong. But After whatever. all this time. Um, there is a movie from 2018 called Hybristophilia. Uh, it has a 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb, and it stars uh, Quentin Aaron, who played Michael Orr in The Blind Side. Um love mossy ferlin who was in the american crime story the versace one 
Oh. Um, Jumanji, The Next Level, and Bad Boys for Life. And also Jenna oh. Willis, who was also in the Versace American Crime Story. Oh, are we keeping it in the family? I guess. And the synopsis is, quote, an ambitious news team's exclusive interview with an at-large serial killer veers towards bloodshed and shocking revelations, end quote. And on IMDb, <laughs> on IMDb, there's a section for plot keywords. And the plot keywords for this movie are nipple piercing, pierced nipple, and topless female. Oh, so that's nice. I didn't know those that are those are plot keywords for this movie. I didn't know that it was produced by Pornhub. Yeah, but that's that's nice. That's good because I mean, why would we? Why would we? <laughs> Not objectify women. I mean, in case you were wondering, women is a key plot point. There's a topless, pierced nipple female in this movie. Apparently, if there isn't, I'm gonna be very upset. I believe you can watch it on Vimeo. <laughs> because when I was I'm not researching that dedicated, it, I think the Vimeo came up. I don't know. Somebody else might be interested. I don't know. Somebody else, let us know. Just please, we, we don't need a photo. We'll take your word for yeah. it. I promise. Uh, there's All also good. like. A lot more research went into last podcast on the left episode. I think it's titled Women Who Love Men Who Kill. Um, so you can go ahead and listen to that. They have clips of like these crazy women outside of like the Ted Bundy trial that are like, I just wanted to like see him. Like, like he looks kind of cute. And I'm like, you fucking suck. No. Yes. Anyway. Look, in, look, at, look at the newspaper. There. You've seen him. Yeah. That's it. Watch the news. It's weird. Um, it's gross. But in conclusion, uh, when asked, what do you think the attraction to bad men is? Laura Elizabeth Woolett said, quote, it's hard to say where the figure of the bad man ends and the antihero begins. There's a huge crossover there. And as a result, bad men are often romanticized, tragically flawed, but human, dark and sinister, but exciting. As long as antiheroes are seen as attractive, bad men will be too on some level in real life terms though it's often less of a matter of being attracted to exclusively bad men and more the crumbs of the goodness that they offer attention when no one else is giving it plush kittens boxes of chocolate moonlit drives intelligent conversation it's harder to see the bad if there's good mixed in end quote mm -hmm. yeah and that's basically it and you have to remember that these often these serial killers are not very smart, but masters of manipulation. And they can manipulate, they can, like, Ted Bundy manipulated women into uh, murder. <laughs> like, he he was able to murder over 30 women, two in one day. And um, you have to wow. be able to manipulate, like, a motherfucker on who that Who doesn't level. love a man who gets shit done? Am I, I right, guess. ladies? Making plans. But All yeah. the right ones, too, right? Sure. I, <laughs> yeah. I'm being I'm being facetious, or am I? No, I am. Um, please kill me. But that's that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird one. That's, I mean, you know it's out there, but you don't like to think about it. Yeah. You decidedly do not love to see it. It's just like a topic that I thought was like pretty interesting. It's not really talked about too often. So yeah, that's that. 
uh this is the last episode of 2020 oh thank the God. year that never ended I know. I mean, well, have you seen that meme also? Yeah. Where, or I think it's a TikTok where it just goes 1160 at midnight. So we don't really know. Yeah. Or it turns to like December, like 32nd. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> oh, we don't know Christ. anything. We will not know anything. I never until know until January 1st. I mean, yeah, that's true. We're we as individuals do not promise to ever know anything. But I also think it's important uh to also put in perspective um the horror does not end at the stroke of midnight on january 1st like everything won't magically go back to normal we all have to like uh get our expectations in order and realize like the pandemic is still going on you gotta wear your mask when please vaccine is available to you you should go ahead and get that vaccine we want if you can if you can like do your own research research in more than one place get your info mm-hmm. from more than one source and um i mean i'm gonna recommend the vaccine but who the fuck am i so are, do we do we want to do we want to go and endorse the vaccine do we want to do that as crime culture uh, yeah crime, crime culture, culture endorses the I vaccine say, as crime culture we are we will be getting the vaccine we well, are confident you will be getting the vaccine I may end up being allergic to the vaccine. Yes, still yes, trying yes, to find yes. that out. My doctor is heavily trying to find that out. But, but that's the Pfizer one, right? Um, I don't know if the Moderna said, one, they said anything about that yet. And then there's a third yeah, one, isn't there? There's a third one. I, I, I don't know. One of them is the Dolly Parton vaccine. That's the one I'd prefer to take. But um, if I come out like singing i will always love you with perfect pitch i i will take whatever other side effects there are but she said that because we were really only talking about pfizer and moderna because those are the only two that are like uh the big ones yeah, those are the only two available for like use right now yes yeah and so i guess yeah moderna doesn't have like not a not I don't want to say not enough research because it's obviously been heavily researched. It would not be fit for public administration if it was not heavily researched. Exactly. But they don't know enough about side effects in terms of people who have like allergies to medications or things like that um, as they do about Pfizer. Yeah. So she's like, I mean, obviously, like I've got like 140 million people ahead of me in line or whatever it is. The New York Times told me. But yeah. Yeah, though I did say may or may not be funny. So as we've as we've alluded to, Michael's a teacher. And so I so he's behind like so I guess it goes like whatever whatever prisoners and then like teachers and other like Yeah, yeah, in the order of like who is is eligible. Getting yes. Yeah. Yes. And so I told him the other day that because he said something like, I really wish I could get the vaccine, blah, 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 because they're having him come in and it's a whole mess. But um, I was like, you could tell them you're a prisoner in your own home and have been for the past six years. Yeah. And that that might work if they just need to meet me. Yeah, pretty much. It might work. So if you want to come live with me for a little bit, you too. I'm considered (laughs) I'm considered like a low level essential worker like mm-hmm. my job was never stopped because of the pandemic like right. i was still 
I, I had to go into the office. Like that's was part of yeah. my job. So um, I don't know if I'm any higher on the list than like just the regular old folk to get mm -hmm. the vaccine. But um, right. we're aiming for like the summer to try to get it. July, yes, June, July-ish. Mm -mm, that does not work for me. I need I need spring. Two of my close friends are getting married in May, and then two of my other close friends are getting married in October. Um, you don't know either of them, but um, yeah, I, I I say that because two of them are in fact Haley and Elliot. For those who don't understand, that wasn't just like a okay. Um, the joke isn't funny if you explain it, Caitlin. Stop. Um, we talked about it on the podcast before. <laughs> yeah, we're getting married. Yeah, I'm so excited. I thought about the day that I would get to refer to Elliot as your husband, and I was driving to Target, and I say this because I knew in that moment that if I thought about it further, I would end up veering into the wrong lane, because well, I can't can, see very well when I cry and drive. You can quell your excitement, because technically, spoiler alert, I know, we're already married. I know, I know, I think <laughs> about this often. I think about this often as well, that you guys are technically already married, Yeah, and I can't. I can't think about that right now. But we had to be married for our I'm son. very happy. I yes, it's true. You ha he had to make an honest cat mom out of you. Yep, <laughs> that's true. Yep, that's what it was all about. Yeah, he took you know. my my last name and uh, my phone I number would on his love collar, that. So, oh, I thought you meant Elliot. No. I was like, I would love. He took your insurance though. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, I Whatever. love living in California because that means that. I can take Michael's insurance with no problems. Yeah, we had to be married. Nah. I mean, that's a different true crime, so maybe. <sighs> true crime. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Free medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, this is going Blasphemy. on too long. Um, mm -hmm. As so usual. We're going to talk. <laughs> we'll see you next year, guys. Uh, maybe. We'll see you I'm next not, year. I am not. I am not banking on anything making it to next year i mean that too yeah why not i'm not banking on any of it i i mm -mm. We'll will see. we see you next year we'll find out we will <laughs> I next just, year i literally just <laughs> thought about it we have an episode coming out on inauguration day so <laughs> um but at least we're not having to record it on inauguration day that's true like will we make it to inauguration day Keep listening to find out. <laughs> oh anyway. god! Oh god, guys and girls and and friends, yeah, non-binary friends. We're gonna see you next year. Tuesday. Year's day. Yeah, sure. Year's day. Year's day. What the fuck ever. <laughs> anyway, bye. Doesn't, nothing matters. Bye bye.